grateful to be out here. I am so happy to be here. So excited to be here. I get such energy uh, when I just see the stage popping and being here with my friends and family. This is such a beautiful community. So much appreciated. And uh, that kind of ties into what I talk about, which is relationships. And you heard it before uh, with Danelle talking about relationships and relationship building. And it's oftentimes a topic on here because it's so powerful relationships are so powerful in every sense of the word and they are essential in order to build your business build your life uh, make sure that you are optimized in terms of your happiness in terms of your potential but I also want to talk about the fact that not everybody has that support system one in four people have zero friends and it's something that I talk about often because I experienced it. And I want to take you back to when I was a young child and the impact that it had on me. And so there I was, I was about eight, nine years old, and I was not the kid that always had people around. I was the kid who was sitting on the playground watching everybody else play while I was in the corner. I was the one who, instead of having people to connect with, I was hanging out in the library anytime there was free time because it felt safer to me. By the fifth grade, I was eating lunch with my teacher. And I had no friends, not a single person to connect with, not a single soul to rely on, not a soul to talk about the joys of my, my life, the sadnesses that happened that only a nine or 10 year old had. And I remember so clearly in the sixth grade, which is ironic because my daughter is now in the sixth grade, so I am able to go back and transport myself so quickly to that stage in my life. And there I was with no friends and a transfer student arrives. And I could not have been more excited to have this transfer student come into my school because it was a potential friend. All of a sudden, I had the potential to make a connection. And I didn't care how weird she was. And she did not know how ostracized I was at that point. And so I basically went full on caveman with this person and said, this is now my friend. You have no choice in the matter. I'm going to make you love me. And she did for a moment. And she invited me over for a sleepover. And I don't know if anyone has been a 12-year-old girl in this room. Brad, I, I'm pretty sure you have not. Uh, <laughs> but as a 12-year-old girl, who had not had a sleepover in so many years, it was the most exciting thing in the world to be invited over to her home. And so I show up on her doorstep and I have my caboodle in tow, filled with blue eyeshadows, ready for this most amazing experience of being able to connect with someone. And she answers the door and my stomach drops into my feet because she's holding an enormous hairy cat. And I am not just allergic to cats. I am deathly allergic. I'm not talking runny nose allergic. I'm not talking watery eyes allergic. I am dying allergic to cats. Like can't breathe allergic. But I push that down. I push it down because I'm thinking, oh my gosh, there is nothing that is going to get in the way of this budding friendship. And I'm gonna defeat biology in order to make this connection. And so I went inside and then she tells me, listen, it's really important for Blueberry to bond with my friends. And I thought, okay, all right, next up, I can do this. And I'm sitting on the bed and I have Warren's cherry pie playing in the background. So I'm just dating myself right there. And we're putting out the blue eyeshadows and the cat decides to jump in my lap. 
because that's what every animal does when they know that someone's allergic to them or can't pet them or doesn't want to pet them. They get as close to you as possible. And so the cat jumps in my lap and I'm thinking, oh my gosh, I'm still alive. This is a win. This is an absolute win until all of a sudden I can see it happening in slow motion. I'm sitting there on the bed. Blueberry stares at me and all of a sudden he is coming at me, mouth that's stretched, tongue hanging out and begins to lick up one side of the face and down the other. And I knew at that point that I was gonna lose. There's only so much biology that you can fight. And within moments, my face starts to tingle and stretch and I can feel the hives coming. And five minutes later, I look like Swamp Thing's child. My parents are called and that friendship ended. And the reason why I share this story, and I share that story in my book too, because people need to understand how important friendship and connection is. I was willing to risk my life, my health in that situation to make a connection with someone. I was willing to put myself into a position where I was not going to be healthy and happy because I needed that connection. We as human beings are wired for that. We are wired. Our brains are ginormous compared to our bodies. And so a lot of anthropologists have studied this and found that that is because we are wired. To Ray, founder of smarthustle.com. And when our 29 minutes together, I want to challenge us to think about something here as we're in Breakfast with Champions, Tactical Tuesday. Do you love the desert? Do you love hardship? Do you love the challenging parts of life and business? Donna and fans, we just talked a little bit about that today, talking about the challenges with having an executive assistant, online business manager, having a team. I can relate so much to their previous session, which was fire. I was taking notes and learning quite a bit myself. And oftentimes we are stuck in uncomfortable positions. And I challenge all of you as you're listening, think about the last time you were in an uncomfortable position. I, I just saw on Instagram, if you haven't seen it yet, Sarah Blakely, founder of Spanx. She was giving a video, a live video to some people, and she dropped her water in her lap. It was hilarious because, of course, she makes fun of herself. If you haven't seen that, do check it out after you hear me talk. So think about the most uncomfortable positions you've been in. Think about the worst experiences of life you've gone through. And I'm not talking about temporary, like just spilling some water or getting hit by a car. But I'm talking about some jacked up experiences that you may have been through that have taken place a year, months, weeks to go through. As I've shared my story, there's been about one or two incidences that were very impactful in my life, and I'll never forget them. One was having a child when I was barely out of being a child, very young, in my early 20s, 2021, I had my first child. And I only have two, but it was something when you're not you know, expecting to have a child, it was like, whoa, okay, we're pregnant, wow. And that was an amazing experience, thank God, 27 years later, all is well, I have an amazing, beautiful son and a daughter, and we're good, and a wife, of course. But it's just, that was something I remember. But I do remember, as I've shared a lot on this platform as well, when I was fired from the United Nations, another very impactful part of my life, a very scary part. We were and we are here, a single income family. And so as those who are in that position can imagine, man, you lose your income, what do you do?
So here's the situation I was in at the UN. The office I was in was very toxic, not such a great place. One or two of the people there were really not so good. But I learned a lot while I was there. While at the United Nations, some of you may be using Ustream.com. You remember that? You get a little camcorder, have to hook a USB cable to it, download the driver to your PC or maybe your Mac, have to figure out how to live stream on Ustream. This is before streaming video was very popular. That's where I learned it. I learned at the UN about TV production. Seeing my boss, I wasn't on TV quite a bit, but serving him and seeing him on TV quite a bit, oh, that's how you open and close. This is what TV is. I never heard of lower thirds until I got to the UN. Learning how to work with VIP people, that was interesting. I've been around many heads of state. Mr. Karzai, who was, you know, used to be president of Afghanistan, I've been around him, the South Korean president, George Bush, Barack Obama. Bill Clinton and other heads of state. So that was a cool experience, just learning to be around those people, as it were, of power. Other thing I learned about from the United Nations was learning how to be invisible, because there you have to weave and flow and go around high, as it were, high VIP people, but you kind of have to do it in a way where you're invisible to serve them without being seen, because they, the limelight should be on them. Another thing I can remember learning, and I'm going to get to some tips here, some thoughts on what it means to have a desert experience, living in a desert experience, living in challenging times. But I want to set this up in the 25 minutes or so we have before Raylan comes and takes us to the next segment. I remember another experience I had. I, was, I used to produce uh, large events in the New York City area, and I had to get hundreds of people to events with very little money. In fact, no money. Now, some people do events and they spend tons of money right on advertising, billboards, and IG ads, and all these kind of things. That can work. I had to do it with very little money. So what I want to share today is to inspire you with some tactics, because we're not on Motivation Monday. We are on Tactical Tuesday. But I know you're going to get some tactics from this on what we can learn from the story of David and Goliath and why I think David was a success because of his desert experiences. But before I do that, I want to remind you, in case you didn't know, in case you just joined, maybe you just downloaded a podcast, maybe you just came to the live session on Clubhouse, but you are in Breakfast with Champions, the Millionaire Breakfast Club. Donna just said it a few minutes ago, but we have new people all the time. Why are we here? We're here to do, two, to do three things, motivation, education, inspiration from 5 a.m. to 5 p.m. Eastern Time, Monday to Friday. This is why we're here, to motivate, educate, and inspire you. Then we have 6 a.m. to noon on Saturdays in Club 111 on Sundays. I have my church service on Sunday, so I'm not always able to attend, but I was able to attend this past Sunday. It was lit fire the music the messages and i want to remind you all there's no other space where you can find 100 leaders across so many industries who come together to pour into you and see you succeed and many of you are listening here live right now but for those who are listening to the sound of my voice minutes later hours later years later thank you for downloading the breakfast with champions podcast to listen anytime and you can see that full experience and hear that full experience at breakfastwithchampions.live. Grab that link and subscribe to the podcast. So asking that question, do you love the hard times of life and business or do you love the desert? I was reading recently in 1 Samuel chapter 23 
And one verse jumped out at me. It grabbed my heart. It said, and I quote, well, I'm not quoting because I just <laughs> retyped it, but I think it says exactly, David hid in the desert. Now, this is where Saul, those who don't know the story, that's fine, but Saul was the king of Israel. He was chasing David because he was jealous of David. That's the bottom line, right? He didn't want his kingdom taken away from him. So he said, I got to kill this guy, okay? So he was chasing David once and twice and three times and throwing spears at him. It was a horrendous experience, but it said David hid in the desert. Now, as far as I understand it, because I happen to be an expert on deserts, by the way, many of you don't know that, but I've spent several, several hours watching National Geographic. Uh, so I guess I'm not really an expert, desert, de desert expert, but that's where I get my expertise from. National Geographic, y'all thought I was going to be like, I'm Crocodile Dundee. No, I've just watched TV on Netflix, and <laughs> that's where I get my desert experience. All right, let me get back. The point I'm getting at, based on what Google tells me and National Geographic tells me, from what I've seen, it's a place of death, famine, heat, cold, starvation, minimal vegetation, minimal water. It's a sucky, sucky place. Yeah, there's plants there. Yeah, there's animals there. Yeah, there's people there every now and then, you know, whatever it is. But in general, I think we'll all agree, it's a pretty bad place. It's not a place you want to be in. Most of us will die in the desert. I watch a number of special forces shows and, and competitions in the desert and survival training. That's kind of my gig, survival training, special forces training. I'm not in the military, but I study it quite a bit. Firearms training, which I have done, things like that. Desert's a rough place. It's a rough place. Now, it is rough also in the cold in the Arctic, but different type of training. You can get hypothermia real fast there, so it's different. But the desert, it's interesting about that because during the heat of the day, you will die of heat. And then at night, you can get hyperthermia because it gets so cold. So needless to say, it's a hard, miserable, and tough place. But here's the thing. If you can adapt to the desert life, it makes you strong. You become adaptable. You get resiliency, and this, I believe, is kind of what I'm taking it happened to David. He was, quote-unquote, born in the desert. He grew up in the desert. His fighting skills were honed in the desert. Listen, when you round some stinking sheep, and you got a bear on your left, and a lion on your right, and wolves to wherever... You get used to some stuff happening to you, right? So he honed his skills. He was able to become a warrior. And what happened was the first time around, the desert was David's training ground. This is I'm imagining where he had to learn as a young boy. Oh, all I have is sand. How do I get water? Oh, it's freezing. How do I make a fire? He learned this. And isn't this sometimes in life, the first time we go through the desert experiences of life, we got to learn. Going back to what I shared in my United Nations experience. Again, I didn't go back. I won't go back. But meaning, imagine, work with me here, that, that if I went back and the first time I experienced it, it was, it was pretty bad. It was jacked up. I would leave there in tears a lot. My wife tells me, Ramon, I'm so glad you're not there because you would sit on the side of your bed just rocking back and forth because you were so depressed going into United Nations office. So that's something that we experience. 
that first time around, it's uncomfortable. We're learning. We're cutting our teeth. And you look at special forces training, even military training in general, but special forces training, it's a slog. They have this time called Hell Week. It's not easy. But here's the secret, as it were. The second time around, the second time you go through a desert experience, it's much easier because you've been there and done that. So other people are like, oh, there's no water. We're going to starve. You're like, <laughs> check this out. I got a piece of plastic. I know how to make water for nothing. You feel me? So that's the desert experience. And I encourage us all. Some of you are in the desert experience right now, and I know it's jacked up. You are miserable. It's not good. It's uncomfortable. You're crying. You have no one to turn to. I've been there before, and I may be in the desert experience again, as it were, me metaphorically, in our life or our business. It's not fun. But one way to consider thinking about it, is it prepping you for something else? David Goggins shares this story very much. If you don't know David Goggins, check his website out. David, two, three G's, G-O-G-G-I-N-S. Talks about he was so abused and hurt and miserable and, and going through a jacked up, miserable life as a young man. But as some of you may know his story, he's been in three or four, I think it's three of the special forces, a feat. He's a marathon runner like crazy he can run. His endurance is off the chain. And he shares that one reason, one of many, besides having a mindset shift, that he was able to be so successful in the Navy SEALs, why others were not, is because he was so hurt, he was so abused, his life was so jacked up, his life was so miserable, that when he was there, it was easy. All the other guys not saying they didn't do it because Navy SEALs are, are special uh, uh, people, special humans, right? But he was saying for him, when they were like crying because of water, some of the guys would ding, ding, ding out. They were crying because it was too hot. They were crying because they were getting the, 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 the toxic, you know, the, the mustard gas, not mustard gas, not definitely not mustard gas, but CO2 or whatever that gas is, you know, that disperses crowds. Sometimes they have to train in that. Y'all follow me, things like that. He was so used to pain, so used to torture, so used to discomfort, so used to having a jacked up life. He's like, no food. This ain't nothing. I've been without food before, y'all. So he had a different thing because he, this was not the first time he was through the desert. So as we're thinking of our business, some of you are frustrated. You can't get your landing pages to work. Some of you are frustrated. You can't get your business to work. Some of you are frustrated because your personal brand is not where you want it to be. Some of you are frustrated because you don't have a home office built for a home office. you got kids running around there making noise. Some of you are frustrated because your cars are on your last leg. Some of you are frustrated because you're in the middle of going through divorce. Some of you are frustrated because right now you're pregnant and you don't even know you're going to get pregnant. Some of you are frustrated because life is not fair. You're living in the desert. You're living in the midst of the desert. And I encourage you, I encourage you that maybe, just maybe you're in the desert right now because it's training for you. This is the second thing that I found about the desert, taking a page from David's experience. Since David went through the, as it were, desert before, check this out. When he was in the desert the second time, it was his place of protection. Going back to the Navy SEALs, one thing they love is water. They have intense, intense, intense training in water. And anybody in the Special Forces on here, forgive me for not doing a due justice to your real-life training. I'm just sharing what I've read and studied a bit. But they're so used to the water. When they see water, it's like, yes, 
because they can hold their breath longer. They can swim longer. They can, they can swim handcuffed, right? So my point being, as you're going through this second desert, think of this. Maybe the desert I'm in right now is a place of protection. And, and uh, Glenn said this interesting, I think, uh, some time ago. He said so many gems. But he said that when, as, as COVID and the shelter in place and many people are not going events, and I know he would do it safely in the correct way, but he said this is an opportunity because there's thousands of us. We want to get together safely. We want to get together and see each other. So while the bigger, bigger brands, billion-dollar companies, while they're kind of more cautious, like, ooh, we got to check our liability. We're not going to get together. We're like, baby, yeah, let's meet in Lexington, Kentucky, November 5th to 7th at the Grow for God conference where you can sign up and get a buy one, uh, gift one ticket like right now before it's off and while VIP tickets are still available, baby. Growforgod.com. So my point is, think, maybe the desert you're in is not so bad. Maybe it's an opportunity for you to tweak. I didn't say twerk. For you to tweak what you're doing and to transcend and to crush your competitors as David did to Saul. I'm not saying Saul wasn't used to the desert and all this, but give me a little bit of poetry license, poetic license, as they say. But clearly, David's hardship, David's mountain, David's valley, David's desert it was a source of protection for him and his men. They were like, this, we're used to, this, to the desert. We're used to the rocks. We're used to the crags. We're used to the valleys. Others may not be able to take the desert challenges that you can. Us speakers, right? I speak all over the world. I've had the monitors go down. The lights go down. Them say, oh, we don't have a lab. We don't have this. People are drunk. Can you still speak? Nothing pretty much phases me. I can speak and entertain a crowd anywhere, any place. No problem. That's just the grace God's given me. Psalm 23, I should be able to quote it, right? There's one who's read the Bible many, many times. <laughs> but he maketh me lie down in green pastures. Psalms 1, or Psalm 91, he that dwelleth in the secret place of the Most High, right? It doesn't say where the secret place is. It doesn't say how he makes me lie down in green pastures. It doesn't say that. The green pastures could be in the desert. The secret place of the Most High could be a bad, jacked-up place. That person who's in your life and so annoying you, so gritting you, it could be the sand in the desert just making you a bit stronger. It could be a place to help you pour life into someone else. My wife, her parents both died when she was young. She grew up without a mother in her life most of the time. She grew up without a father in her life most of the time. And that's a pain for her even today as a 50-plus grown woman. She thinks about it. She talks about it. During Christmas time, she can faintly remember her mama, you know, decorating the house. And she could faintly remember her mother making oatmeal for her and stuff in the morning. But she grew up without that. But guess what? Now that we're a bit older, there's people in our life, younger people who are going through that hurt, who are going through that pain. And the desert my wife had at that time is able to usher and bring life to others at this time. So I beg us all to reformat, rethink. The desert you're going through today, maybe it's to give life to someone else tomorrow. The desert you're going through today may be to prepare you for something else. And there's another thing to think about. The story of Moses. Those who don't know the story, Moses was a high official in Egypt. 
some things happened. He hit an Egyptian, blah, 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 right? And eventually he had to escape. Now, Moses at the time had everything provided for him. Every pleasure he wanted was provided to him. God had to take him out of the place of comfort, put him in the desert. And what happened in the desert? Come on, somebody, and tell me. Ramon, can you tell me, Ramon? I see Ramon's unmuted. Ramon, what was it? What it was was the burning bush. It was the burning bush. Ramon, you have a hot mic. Meet your mic, Ramon. Good. Okay. I like talking to myself sometimes. So point being is that that sometimes in the desert is where God can speak to us clearly because we got so much going around us. Anybody ever been in a place where your phone battery died? Your iPad battery died? Your laptop battery died? And you had nothing else but a broken pen and a scrap piece of paper? I've been there before. And guess what I did? Those were the gems where I can take notes about my company, take notes about my wife, how to be a better husband, take notes about my two kids, take notes about how to be a better father, better husband, take notes about how to reinvent my business or take it to the next level. Those were some of the best times, some of the best times because I wasn't, quote unquote, the distraction of, of life. Now, the only distraction you should be having, by the way, is breakfast with champions because it's actually not a distraction. Just so you know, it's not a distraction. This uplifts your life and betters your life with the almost 100 hosts we have on Breakfast with Champions pouring into you on a daily, daily basis. But everything else, it's probably a distraction. But my point being, sometimes we need to be out of our comfort zone. Sometimes we need to be out of what we're used to. Sometimes we need to be taken out of our usual circumstances. Sometimes we need to be a little uncomfortable to be in a new surrounding to be retrained to hear what God wants from us or other circumstances in life. I tell my wife this all the time. I say, sweetheart, if you see me looking at my computer, typing, 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 can I beg you, honey, come over, slap me upside the head, stomp on me or do something else and get my attention. Then tell me something important because if I'm staring at a computer screen, looking at my phone, I'm only listening to you 1.2% of the time. It's not even full 2%. It's only 1.2% of the time based on how studies show. And those are studies from Ramon University. So point being, as we're in the desert, as we're in a place of darkness, as we're in a place of discomfort, I know it's painful, but it may be useful for us for other things. I have some more things I want to say. We have eight minutes left. Raylan's coming soon. But if anybody, especially if you're new, that's great. But even our current mods and hosts, quickly just unmute, say your name. If you want to talk about something, affirm. If not, I will close in about eight minutes. And I know, Pastor Jeff, you said you've really been to the desert. So I'd love if you're free, welcome to talk. But just unmute, say your name, because I can't see all the blinking mics, and we'll move on. If I don't hear anybody, I'll keep talking for eight minutes, and I'll close the session out. Anybody want to unmute and say your name? All right, with that, nobody wants to say their name. That's fine. So few other. <laughs> I heard of me. Hey, it's Ray. Ray, Ray go for it, brother. You're, oh, okay. Go for it, brother. So first of all, I just to say, I've never been more, I live in the desert. I live in Phoenix, but I've never been more motivated to go to the desert. I realize I'm like comfy in my house right now. I'm like, you know what? I need to get uncomfortable. Let's go to the desert. But I just want to unmute to say thank you. Cause I think maybe people don't realize this that are listening, et cetera, but everything we do in this room, Breakfast with Champions, what you're doing right now is energy. You're giving energy to us. And but what, what that happens when you do that, sometimes it takes energy from you. And what you're doing is you're you're investing in us to do something with this energy. And so I just say, like, thank you so much for being willing. Every time you show up here, man, every time you talk, 
again, I'm ready to run through a, a brick wall like the Kool-Aid man. So I appreciate you. Keep going, man. I, I appreciate you and I love you. I so appreciate it. We will run through that brick wall together. We got seven more minutes to go. Unmute, say your name. I was going to say something. Can you hear me now? Okay, and who's that? The the beautiful lady voice? Who's that? Say the name. Dora Maria. Dora, it's all yours. Go for it. Then we'll have Jeff. Dora, yours. Awesome. I am just letting you know that I'm packed. I'm ready to go to the desert. Raylan's packing right now. Like, let's go. Like, definitely everything you said really honed in was totally on point with just getting things restarted. I think we're heading in this last quarter of the year. It, this is not the time to slack off. This is the time to gear it up, pour more gas, and, and just hit the pedal to the metal. So I appreciate the topic today. I'm going to hand over to Jeff while he still can talk. Um, go for it, Jeff. Thank you, Dora. Gracias, señorita. Jeff, the floor is yours, brother. Please pour into us. I think it was Jeff. Maybe not. All right. So anybody else wants to just unmute and say your name loud and clear. <laughs> oh, my God. I heard, oh, my God. All right. All right. Oh, so can you hear me now? I can. Oh, floor oh go for all right. <laughs> this app, I don't know what's going on with it. Well, first I was saying, um, great share, Dora Maria. And then I was saying to you, Ramon, before I share my desert experience, just like to know if I can matriculate at Ramon University. I'd like to learn, get a doctorate, if you don't mind. But my desert. You can. Just... Yes, we are starting right. uh, classes soon, and you can put the, uh, the the affiliate code Dora, and you'll get 100. <laughs> Go ahead, John. Wonderful, wonderful. <laughs> and so I want to give a trigger alert. So I spent time in the Kuwait desert as well as in the Afghanistan desert, uh, and. Contrary to popular belief, uh, there is a lot of life. Uh, there are Bedouins who are very rich but just move from one desert spot to another. They carry tents and all of their goods with them. There are shepherds who uh, will pasture goats and sheep at the same time. Each one will stay in their own little group. And there's also the danger not only of scorpions and camel spiders and other Creatures that uh, if they get a hold to you, that you will say your last rites. But the most dangerous thing is the uh, sandstorms. Those sandstorms come, and I can tell you in 130, 138 degree weather, uh, those sandstorms can take you out as well as, you know, so you have to stay hydrated uh, and you can have a decent time. But I want to share this as I had my personal worst desert experience while I was in the desert to the point that I literally looked up at chains on top of a military shelter and thought about ending it all. But like David, I prayed and God delivered me out of that experience so that I'm here to be able to tell you about it, Ramon, is that like David, God will deliver you out of your desert experience. This is Pastor Jeff, and I inspire others to move from the mindset of a victim to the mindset of a victor. Pastor Mike, back to you, Professor. Oh, Pastor Jeff, <laughs> that is lovely, man. I just love your voice and your energy, too, brother. Can't wait to give you a big hug, hopefully in Lexington or somewhere else. Thank you. We got two more, three more minutes. I will uh, close the room at about one minute so I can pass it off graciously to Raylan, but I always love to save space for those because everyone has a seat at the table. So we have time for one or two more. If somebody wants to unmic, say your name. So I'll hear that and I'll call upon you. David, I see you unmicing because you're right next to me, brother. The floor is yours. 
Uh, Ramon, thank you, man. I love your energy, and it was fun listening to you as usual. Man, <laughs> like I, I feel like my whole life has been a desert for the most part, in, and I feel nice to be coming out of the desert as far as I'm concerned. But at the same time, I realize that, uh, you know, sometimes sometimes you go in and, and go out and and that's that's life. So um, I feel I, I just wanted to acknowledge your talk. You know, I'm, I'm, I'm really grateful where I am right now. And, you know, a lot of people know my childhood and what I what I went through growing up and some of the other things I went through. So I'm just very grateful. And I feel like, like I said, uh, you know, my life is, is I'm, I'm, I don't feel like I'm in a desert now, but if I have to go back, I'm prepared for the journey and I'm going to do everything I can to to not go back. So I hope that helps someone. And my name is David. I'm done speaking. Thanks. Hey, David. Absolutely. That was very, very helpful. So appreciate it. Everybody, David is one of almost 100 hosts we have on Breaks with Champions. People are DMing me. If you want to get these notes of what I shared about the desert, uh, please just Insta on Instagram, DM me the word BWC, BWC, Breakfast with Champions, uh, BWC, BWC on Instagram, and I will send you the notes uh, that I shared, that I put together today. I put them together just to share them with you all and share them with others. Uh, listen, as we close, we have one more minute to go. I just want to share that those of you who are new are those of you who've been with us for some time. This is the power of Breakfast with Champions. There is simply no other community like it. Thank you for joining us on Breakfast with Champions. If you want to catch the live version, you can follow us on Clubhouse and listen from 5 a.m. to 11 a.m. Eastern Time, Monday through Friday, Saturday 6 to noon, and Sundays with our 111 Sunday service. Make sure you're keeping up with Breakfast with Champions and getting yourself a seat at the table.